Welcome to another exciting episode of Seeing Reddit, where once a week we pick a random subreddit and talk about that subject for about an hour. I'm Matt Heron. I'm Jeff Kowalski. I'm Louisa Heron. Jeff, you sounded like a vocaloid there. <laughs> I, I am. Jeff Kowalski. <laughs> That's it was me. a procedurally generated name. It didn't know where it was going to go until it started. Yeah, I yeah. inputted uh, the, a color palette from a photograph to randomly <laughs> generate my name from that data. <laughs> that explains a lot. Now I'm worried that people have a recording of me saying I'm Jeff Kowalski, and <laughs> Jeff is going to use it to steal my identity Well, n- now they have that recording, because you just said it on the recording. Yes, twice now. He couldn't now. use it to steal your identity, but he could use it to force you to take over his debt, or something like that, right? Yeah, maybe he- is there such a thing as reverse identity theft? Because that would be awesome. Uh, yeah, or like a swap, like face-off, but with credit card debt. Wait, actually, could you do that? Like, could you change your name to somebody else's name and then try to convince the government that you were you are that person? Like, and all the stuff that, like, the stuff that you had when you changed your name should now belong to that person? <laughs> uh, I, I don't understand. I don't understand either. <laughs> I, so I don't think you can do it, because I don't I understand don't it. Government, the government bureaucracy is pretty fucking stupid. I feel like you could, like, you could, you could probably convince people that they made a clerical error, especially if it seemed like you weren't trying to steal an identity, you were just trying to, like, get rid of an identity. Although, I mean, you'd really just use this to get rid of debt, so maybe that's still a, I mean, it's definitely still a crime. Yeah. Well, Guys. it would be the same as stealing an identity, but the just your you're in the uh, mix up of paperwork. You're trying to get rid of your old identity instead, right? So I think you could make that work. You would never admit that you'd change your name or anything like that, though. No, but I'm saying if there's like a legal document that Matt Heron changed his name to Jeff Kowalski, and then later on you're like, look, there are all these debts attached to Matt Heron, but Jeff Kowalski is Matt Heron. Jeff Kowalski should have these debts. Oh, you got then... Jeff to sign a paper that says his name's Matt Heron, and that was Jeff's mistake. <laughs> yeah. I, we'd have to also trade like social security numbers. <laughs> I'm willing to do that. <laughs> Wait, actually, why would I want to do this? Yeah, I'm definitely in more debt than you. (laughs) Probably. I don't know, actually. I went to an out-of-state college. Oh, yeah. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know how much... I mean, I've got a decent amount of student loan debt still left to... I'm going to write a number on this piece of paper and slide it across (laughs) the table to you. (laughs) And then it's going to fall off the edge of the table because I'm in a very different place than you are. (laughs) Yeah. And then I will hear it hit the floor. (laughs) I'll hear the 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 paper hit the floor, and I'll know what it is because, as we all know, I have magic powers related to hearing. You've got Rain Man disease. Will you hear the bodies hit the floor? (laughs) Oh man, that's a great song to have at the end of this episode of our podcast. (laughs) Perfect. I thought it was going to be lump or something. No, wasn't that before the episode? Louisa, no. you're doing this on every purpose. Time. It wasn't. It absolutely yeah, it was. was. It certainly was not. It certainly was. 
Yeah, we were it talking was when about we were Pokemon talking about before. the Pokemon podcast, and I was telling Jeff to stop doing it, which I would never do on our podcast. <laughs> Whoops! <laughs> well, it's in the podcast now. Yes. you are a monster. No, you're a monster because you do this to me every fucking week. And you you did it to funny. yourself some of the times. You have sometimes. done that yourself. <laughs> yes, it's true. I have sometimes done it myself. So, Louisa, what have you been up to on the internet this week? I've been looking for summer shoes. Okay. And it's kind of crazy. When you used to just go to a shoe store, you guys are going to argue with me that you still just do this. But you used to go there and just be like, oh, they have ten styles. Uh, this one's okay, I guess. <clears throat> and you were done. But now that you can look online and you can see every choice in the entire world, it's really hard to figure out exactly what you want. And then you're like, this seems like what I want, but not quite. And then you have to look for ten more hours. I'm going to say something that a sociopath will say, <laughs> but I felt that this is also true of online dating. Mm. Like, I feel mm. like back in the days when everyone you knew was the people who lived in, like, five blocks of you, it was a lot easier to pick the one that you liked best out of those, mm. but now people are like, well, fuck, like, I could date anyone on the planet, so I guess I can't choose anyone, because you never know. Yep. Yeah. So, I, life is worse because of the internet, I think? Yes, yeah, that's maybe. true. <laughs> I own, like, ten pairs of sneakers, so I don't have that problem. I'm just like, oh man, I like that pair, I'm gonna get it. And then I do that every time I see a pair of sneakers I want. <laughs> see, I always just buy the same sneakers, but again. Like, <laughs> I have a pair of shoes that I've had. I've This is now the sixth time I've bought these shoes. <laughs> I just buy the updated version, because they're comfortable, and I can wear them to work, so... I've also done that, except my preferred style of shoe is out of print. Oh, no. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I dread that day. I'm, I know it's coming. I'm, winter is coming, but shoes. Yeah, I have shoes a pair, wise. but they're, they're really worn out. I've already had to, like, replace the soles by uh, gluing new soles to the bottom <laughs> with by shoe tra- glue. By tracing <laughs> your foot on a sheet of, on, like, a cardboard <laughs> pizza box and then <laughs> super gluing it to the bottom. Mm. Oh, they're so comfy, though. <laughs> <laughs> the trap always is that uh, for all shoes, but especially women's shoes, they'll be slightly different styles in different years. So they're like, this spring, it's this kind of style. And you're like, oh, I would like to try that style. And then you're like, I want something in, I don't know, silver. And then you're like, mm, but not this color silver, as you're scrolling through 200 pairs of shoes. You're like, this silver isn't the right color silver. It's crazy. It's crazy to me that there's so much wiggle room on colors still. Like I get that the a color word like green is uh is like a an umbrella color and then there's a bunch of types of green under it and that I, makes sense to me. I don't have but, a like, green umbrella. <laughs> okay. That was like yeah, a that was like a vaudeville era joke, Jeff. I know. I think this is a vaudeville era podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. Um but but like when somebody says fuchsia or like somebody says like pistachio green mm. like that can still mean a bunch of different things and that's crazy to me well i think the real problem is you say there's no standardization for like lavender but the trouble is actual lavender flowers can be a whole range of colors so different companies are like yeah this is lavender yeah no i i do understand that but like you know how what is the name of the company that has the like the panatone panatone thank you like Panatone should lock that shit down. I want there to be a standardized, like, thing where it's like, no, this thing that you said was orange creamsicle is actually 
uh, orange explosion. Orange creamsicle is like one iota yellower or whatever. I don't know anything about anything, but... That would be pretty amazing if every online store was forced to just say, alright, this color is X5349 or whatever, and then you could look it up on the Panatone chart. Yeah, man. I wonder, are are there stores that use uh, Pantone oh, colors to sell clothes? The audio or? is so bad, though. It's, like, what unbelievably I... bad. Oh. I, I don't know how to change that, <laughs> except to keep talking. I can, I can make out every other word. Uh, well, okay. Well, I'm sure it'll be fine on Audacity. I'm sure it will be. I'm web. just saying I'm having trouble responding to you because I have no idea what you're saying. <laughs> I, will, I also want an online retailer that uses Pantone colors, is what I'm I saying. I wonder if you could write an app, like a Google Chrome uh, extension that did that. The trouble is, hmm. the things you're seeing on your monitor might not match up to what they look like in uh, real life. Yeah, but surely the... I mean, yes. But surely the picture is sending HTML code to your computer to populate pixels in a certain color. Like that code could be translated into a Panatone thing. And then, if it's not right, then the picture that the person uploaded is incorrect. And then that you could sue somebody over, right? I think I think that's how libel works. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that's cap. That's my favorite aspect of late capitalism. Yeah. <laughs> Just sue everyone for everything. For a dress being the wrong color. You probably could, though, right? I think you could just return I think that it. probably happens with, like, wedding shoes and stuff. Yeah. Like, oh, I said this on the website, and I paid $400, and I need my money back. This is bullshit. Yes. I found the key with wearing clothes is never try to match anything to anything. Wear totally different colors all at the same time. That's mm-hmm. how you do you it. Just wear one color. <laughs> in a, t- a totally unrelated note, Louisa grew up primarily in the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's still a good uh, rule of thumb. I guess. It's not, though. Jeff's I mean, advocating wearing all black, I think, what it was Jeff saying? Yeah, just wear all one color. Hmm, but it, how will see, you know what color? See, the problem is... Just pick one. <laughs> no, I mean, how will you know they're all, all your pieces are going to be the same color? The thing is that we know somebody who does this, and it's not great. Yeah, but it's better than having to pick. I don't mean to say that, like... Our friend Cassie, who wears nothing but green, is, like, her clothes aren't great or whatever. Her style isn't great. But, like, I know it's got to get annoying that everyone always talks about green and, like... Okay, here's an example from my own life. I used to get dessert at dinner every time when I was traveling for work because I really like dessert. Um, But, like, a year ago, I was like, I should eat less desserts because I don't want to die of diabetes. And so I did stop eating desserts as much. And then, like, literally every goddamn time I go out to dinner, people are like, oh, you're not getting dessert, are you sick? It's like, go fuck yourself. Like, I didn't do this as, like, a fun personality quirk. I did it because I like dessert, and I could change my mind, you fucking (laughs) asshole. People (laughs) are just acquaintances, especially coworkers, really want to focus on what your thing is. Yes, and so if your thing was always wearing purple, you it would become insufferable so quickly. Yep. Like people would buy you like, oh, purple galoshes. Like, wh- well, I don't wear galoshes, and I never have. But I guess because it matches the one criteria in your mind of what I am, 
you bought this for me, and I should thank you? <laughs> Throw that, that gift think... right back in their face, that's what I say. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe. <laughs> I think that's how people end up having, like, a duck-themed kitchen or whatever. Duck-themed yeah. kitchen? Was that what that was? Yes, he said duck. Okay. Yeah. But, like, yeah, and, like, I know people who have collections of things, like porcelain frogs that don't even like frogs that much just because they accidentally said it once. Just their, because like, they're fascist. Members. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay, I get it. <laughs> I was now it's to... really turned around on them. <laughs> the thing is, I've been reading a lot about this horrible lady who's running for president of France and how she's mm-hmm. kind of a fascist, and so I thought you were making, like, a two frogs. degrees of racist separation <laughs> joke about frogs and France, but then I realized that it was a Pepe thing. Yep. It could be both. Uh, yeah. I guess so. Uh, did you guys, speaking of online clothing shopping, did you guys see everyone freaking out that Zara was selling, the uh, clothing store Zara was selling a skirt with Pepe on it? With a what no, on it? No, I didn't see that. Pepe, the frog. Oh, okay. It's fine. Everything's fine. But... <laughs> But I looked at the skirt, it doesn't have Pepe on it. It just has a cartoon frog wearing sunglasses. <laughs> Pepe doesn't even wear sunglasses. Guys. And also, I already know Zara is a garbage company that freely steals yeah. people's uh, artwork from online and just puts it on their clothes. Yeah, this was the least stolen art I've ever seen on a Zara product. <laughs> so it, they can burn it down and that's fine. If Zara goes down with the whole fascist movement, then good for everyone, I guess. Yeah. But if they fucking make it so that all cartoon frogs are illegal, I am going to be angry. Cartoon frogs are our greatest resource, you guys. Yeah, Michigan J for one example. Who? Michigan J? Michigan yeah. J Frog. He's the one that sings when... Ah, yes. Yes, exactly. Oh, you went for his later repurposing. Yeah, that was his most famous usage because he was the goddamn mascot of a TV station. I was going to say he sings when that one guy's looking at him, but not when he tries to show anyone. Yeah, that's because, Jeff, you always prefer to choose the thing that no one knows but you. Jeff loves vaudeville. Uh, I just love cartoons as my main thing. And also vaudeville. (laughs) Well, yeah, that's what most cartoons were back then. That's kind of true. I guess that's not an original thing to think, but I had never really thought about it that way before. But that's, that's what it is, right? Yep. Like... Yeah, that was comedy. The genre of comedy that existed was vaudeville. But it still is, kind of. Even to this day, a lot of cartoons just do vaudeville jokes, right? It's kind of insane when you yeah. think about it. When you think back, like the uh, like uh, Steamboat Willie or whatever, Like you'd have cartoons in little worlds that are totally made up and drawn, because they can be, because it's a fucking cartoon. And then you have Looney Tunes, which basically was like, how can we, like, do a stage act, but we'll just do it with cartoons? Like, you can draw anything! You know that, right? What are you doing? No, we're just gonna draw Groucho Marx as a bunny. <laughs> you know you know the thing that I don't think is actually true, but people say about, like, dreams becoming color after color TV was invented? That can't be true. Is that a thing people say? That's awesome. Yeah, that's like a, I think it's an urban legend, but it's definitely a thing that people have said. Um, I feel like that's kind of true of imaginations, too. Like, people just didn't have imaginations for a really long time. Yeah. <laughs> like, one out of every hundred people had an imagination, and then everyone was like, oh my god, tell me another story about this thing. And then they're like, what if the sky was purple? And, and then, then they're like, like oh right, my god, you're going to an insane asylum. <laughs> Bye. <Yep. laughs> it's, it's like, uh, 
like in medieval times when people couldn't draw cats, so they just drew like the shape of a cat with a human face. Yeah, and if you... Like, oh, I guess this is what a cat looks like. I'm a very bad artist. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I guess so. I don't think that that happened that much. I... They didn't draw things super well because they didn't understand perspective, I guess. But like, I'm thinking of when you said that, it made me think of the way that they drew lions in like China, yes, where exactly. they had never seen a lion, and so it was just a dog. That's the best. That makes me so happy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I feel like that's where a lot of um, dragon stuff came from. Like a traveler would come back and be like, "Oh, I saw this crazy animal," and then someone would draw it, and someone else would find it and be like, "What the hell is that?" <laughs> Yeah, oh man, I found this giant lizard, and it was like a thunder lizard, and then, you know, I'm a caveman. <laughs> Wait, hold on. These timelines don't add up. You're like a Flintstone? Yeah, exactly. Also, you're a traveling caveman? You have yes. the resources to travel to other continents and come back? Somebody, yeah, listen, Louisa, some of those cavemen had to travel, otherwise people wouldn't have gotten to where they are. I feel Think like each yeah, individual group of cavemen probably got like 20 miles in their lifetime before they died, and then their children got 20 more miles. Yeah, I didn't say it happened fast. He's Christopher okay. Rock Lumbos. <laughs> Maybe he was saying, I saw a thunder lizard over there. Like, just <laughs> lean to the left a little bit, and you can see it around the side of that, that tree. That is kind of true, because when you look at, like, menageries, uh, like, illustrated menageries from, like, Spain, people were like, oh, I saw this uh, thing in Africa. It was a man with a face in his stomach. And you're like, Africa? You can see that from Spain. <laughs> Does nobody know that that's not true? Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty crazy. It's also the kind of thing where people would make that up and then, like, like you, there's a thing in um, in a lot of fantasy worlds of, like, people who can't lie and who believe everything that's told to them and stuff. But was that literally true at one point in human history? Like, people didn't understand lying and so they just believed everything anyone said? Mm, I think it's more like, <sighs> you don't have any way to prove them wrong. And if they tell the story well enough, that then you're like, I guess that must be true. Yeah, but, like, if... At some point, you gotta go, wait a minute. Like, the story, no matter how well told, is about, like, you know, <clears throat> man-eating babies in the forest. Like, that doesn't make sense on any level. Like... You know what I mean? People Your love explanation... the idea of that, though. You're you're forgetting. Like, UFOs are like, yeah, that's crazy. Someone abducted you while you're sleeping, sure. But people want to believe that, so they do. The people who believe that oh, really want to. Okay, do you guys know the podcast Lore? No. Yes. Okay, there's a podcast called Lore where they recount, uh, like, old folk stories, and then sometimes they tie it to more modern things that happen, and, like, it, it's sort of just... It's like Radiolab, but for mythology. Hmm. Oh, I was going to say that it's um, that it's Memory Palace about ghosts. <laughs> yeah, basically that kind of thing. Um, anyway, so he often will tell stories from the past about, like, dumb people believing in vampires, and you're like, ha those dumb people. And then, like, he'll tell a modern story that sort of makes you want to believe in vampires to be like, see, you're just as dumb, which is great. I love that. Um, but he was telling, he did one about gremlins a little while ago, and I was just listening to it because I'm getting caught up on it, and I guess this could be my thing from the internet. Um, I was listening to it, and he was telling these stories about, like, these little gremlins who would 
ruin things and uh you know the 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 basic premise of gremlins being uh mischief makers who destroy things uh and then he was like there was this one time when this plane was flying from San Francisco to Hawaii and uh there were 13 people on board and then it suddenly turned around unexpectedly and no one knew why and when it landed everyone was dead and like the whole plane was scratched up and there were gunshots fired and it, there was a weird smell inside and like all kinds of this stuff and i was like listening to this and i was like that's crazy like this happened i my mind was blown and so i looked it up on the internet it didn't fucking happen. You can't do that to me, oh, no. Aaron Mankey. You fucking asshole. I don't believe anything you say anymore. Because, listen, there was one recounting of this thing happening in some dude's book that was called, like, Supernatural Mind-Blowing Phenomenon or something. <laughs> and then in the account, in the quote from the book, it says, I know somebody who was on site, uh, like, on the air uh, strip when it happened. And then it goes on, and it's like, a plane took off some day in late August. They were going to Hawaii. They took off at 3 p.m. And I'm like, so you don't know what fucking day it was, but you know the time? Yeah. This is fucking textbook urban legend stuff. What are you doing? Yeah. Jesus Christ. Of course that's it... a lie, Aaron Mankey. Go, go to your box. Go sit in your <laughs> box and that... think about what you've done. One thing that really bothers me about Lore is he's like, these people saw a ghost and it was definitely for real. I'm like, it was 1458. <laughs> no, they didn't. They made it up. They they were lying. And he at no point brings any doubt against any of the stories that he tells, even though they are all obviously, like, made up baloney. Some of them... Here's the thing. The, the reason that I like listening to ghost stories is because some of them are like ambiguous enough or there's just a shred of evidence enough that you're like oh man but what if and like obviously no everyone knows that it's stupid but like i just want to have that feeling of like oh man but what if um but when you just say stuff that's just straight up bullshit <laughs> that's not cool like, if you tell me a story of, like, these people predicted that their house was going to burn down, and then a week later it did, and, like, that really happened? Like, obviously that's just a coincidence, but what if? But if if that never <laughs> happened, then no! <laughs> what if The Shining was real in this book from The Shining? <laughs> yeah, they did an episode that's about what... The Shining. Oh, God. <laughs> that's what bothers me about the, um, the two uh, Conjuring films starring uh, Patrick Wilson and Vera, and Vera Farmiga, because they're based on real people who are incredibly famous con artists that were behind the whole Amityville horror, um, nah. uh, what, do you, what do you call it? Uh, Why? Grift. <laughs> yeah, like, the whole thing was make-believe, and they have made, like, a lot of money exploiting people's belief in ghosts. And then, of course, in the movies, the ghosts and monsters are all real, and they're, like, very heroic, uh, saving people from them. And if you just, like, forget that this was made with the approval of these very real con men, they're great movies to watch, but it's so hard to forget. <laughs> yeah, you really should submit those kinds of things for the approval of the Midnight Society instead. <laughs> 
<laughs> but that's like, uh, that, wasn't there a movie, a children's movie made a few years ago based on the girls who quote unquote took photos of fairies and they duped a lot of people and they got uh, like Arthur Conan Doyle believed that they had real evidence and all this. And then eventually they re- revealed that they'd cut pictures out that they'd drawn and like set up like a little shot. So at the time, like it seemed impossible to fake such a photo, but that's how they did it. And then this children's yeah. movie was like, these girls found fairies. It isn't life magical. And I'm like, what the? What, why bother basing it on this story then? Yeah, I don't understand. The thing is, there are legitimately a lot of things in the world right now that are unexplainable with our current understanding of things. And that's awesome because we a lot of times like to think like, oh, well, science has figured out everything. And so when somebody brings up something that's like, but no one knows what this is. It's always cool. You don't need to make up bullshit. You just don't need to do it. There's already enough stuff that's like, oh, man, that's so weird. You know? Yeah, like, oh, bees shouldn't be able to fly according to physics. Like, no, they can. (laughs) Yeah. Like, just because it's hard to understand doesn't mean that it's, like, a mystery. It's just, like, yes, we do know how and why bees can fly. That doesn't make bees any less cool or yeah, weird. Yeah, we don't know how their goddamn societies work. <laughs> Let's talk about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then suddenly I bring up the Mpembra effect, which still makes me mad, and I think I've talked about it on this podcast before, and people are, like, bored by it. Well, but, I'm so bored, I don't remember what it is. What is it? <laughs> it's the fact that uh, cold water, uh, sorry, warm water freezes faster than cold water, hmm. and no one can explain why. Mm, sounds like you're a witch. That's what it sounds like to me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I'm oh, sure boy. there's lots of reasons, and, like, the honest answer is that it's probably a combination of a ton of different things, but, like, the fact that no one really knows why, or, like, no one really knows how airplanes work. Yeah. That's so cool mm. to me. Like, people built it based on a certain assumption of how things worked, but then it turned out that that wasn't how it worked, but they, it still, the the plane still flew. Like, that's cool. You guys, that's crazy. (laughs) I still think it's so weird that, like, our atmosphere accounts for the fact that sometimes there's nothing in the sky, just layers of atmosphere between us and outer space, and then sometimes there's big, giant clumps of water vapor, and sometimes water forms and falls out of the sky, and that's just part of life. <laughs> like, that's kind of crazy if you really think about it. Yeah. The oh, fact man. that when you look up on a clear, not cloudy day, uh, and you're looking at space, yeah, that's bonkers. <laughs> also, if you are really, really pot high, you should listen to this episode a thousand times. <laughs> yeah, go back uh, like a week and then yeah. listen to this episode on the correct day. Oh yeah, we had 420 this past week. Whoops. <laughs> Did you forget to celebrate? <laughs> I mean, I guess I I don't know what I would have done to celebrate. I ate a bunch of brownies, a funny which is tweet. what I would have done anyway. <laughs> they didn't have pot, though. I just like brownies. <laughs> It was almost word for word a joke from Parks and Rec. Oh, no. <laughs> she um brags oh, about Jeff, having eaten Are you a... about to recount a joke from a sitcom <laughs> on our podcast? Because I don't think that's a good idea. Okay, I won't tell you what I meant then. <laughs> oh, I already know which one we're going to do. We put the random reddits in Yeah, there. for sure. Okay, uh, Jeff, what did you do on the internet this week? 
Uh, okay, so this past Wednesday, uh, Marvel Comics released a comic book called Secret Empire Number Zero. It is a prelude to this summer's big crossover event, Secret Empire, where it is revealed that uh, Hydra has been uh, manipulating heroes and the government, and they're secretly in charge of everything. Um, But here's the big... Hmm. I guess, like, a year ago, they made Captain America, like, the Steve Rogers Captain America, he was old for a while, and they made him, like, young and a superhero again, and then gave him his own comic book again, and at the end of the first issue, he is, like, torturing a dude, and the last page, he says, Hail Hydra, and everyone was like, nope. I can't hear Jeff anymore. (laughs) Yeah, Jeff is gone. He's he's fallen into the Phantom Zone. (laughs) Okay, oops. Uh... (laughs) What was the last thing you heard me say? Oh, you said no. the reveal is... Oh. Uh, <laughs> I don't... It's my internet connection, and I don't know how to make it any better. Let me try again. So, um... Did I get to... Oh, they do the... Hmm. So, Cap- Captain America, Nazi, the whole time, secretly, like, Hydra agent. Um, and then... Obviously, people are like, ah, he's, uh, they, someone changed his history with a magic, uh, cube or whatever. Um, <laughs> but then it was revealed in Secret Empire number zero that actually what happened is, in the Marvel Universe, the Nazis won World War II, and Hydra took over the world, and then, and Captain America was a Hydra agent the whole time, and that's how the Nazis won. And then afterwards, the Allies used a cosmic cube to change reality so that Captain America was always a good guy and the Nazis won. And so stuff hasn't been changed, it's been reverted back to the original way it was. And of course this makes people very upset because Captain America was created by two Jews uh, in the 40s. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Yes. Was he always called Captain America? Yeah, because he was a secret double agent. But, like, once you're Superman, why would you keep that ruse up? Like, just be like, okay, now I'm Captain Germany, fuck everyone, you can't beat me anyway. (laughs) I guess at some point he turns and becomes Captain Hydra or whatever. Um, Yo, Captain Hydra is a much better name for a superhero, though, straight up. (laughs) Yeah, right? (laughs) Um... But now it's being revealed, the actual secret history where uh, Hydra took over the world in, like, the 40s or 50s or whatever. Is this an analog for the fact that America nominally fought against the Nazis, but now all of the American government is Nazis? I guess, except everyone involved with the creative side of the event is like, it's not a political comic, yeah. Hydra isn't Nazis, it's fine, guys. You, but like, well, you know what it is, a bunch of spoiled <laughs> white guys who never had a problem in their lives are like, you know what would really freak everybody out? This story. Oh, it would be so amazing, because it's what no one would suspect. And it's like, yeah, but you're telling stories and people have to read them. Because even, like, yeah. the people complaining about the complaining have said, like, people have written some very well thought out things about how this hurts them. And you see a lot of responses that are, ugh, they're going to change it again anyway. Stop complaining. Don't even worry about it. And it's like, yeah, but they chose to tell this story. Like, if there was a Superman where they're like, and in this one, because uh, it would be, like, super uh, edgy, Lois gets kidnapped and tortured, and she gets tortured through the whole series. Can you believe it? Can you believe we went there? And then we changed it back, and it was a different world, and she's fine, and it never happened. And it's like, yeah, but you still told that story. Like, yeah. do you understand you're still telling the stories? 
<laughs> yeah, it's it's really ridiculous because like they're taking a character created by two Jewish men in the 40s um before America entered World War II uh and the evil organization he fought against which was created as like fake Nazis and they're being like it's fine that they're on the same side. We're going to pretend that this never had any political context or meaning of any kind, and also pretend that it doesn't now either. Well, just to, in their defense, I don't think that there's anything inherently political about a character called Captain America. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. It drive it drives me it drives me mad, but uh, yeah, my thing on the internet was sort of following um, this whole uh, controversy because I find it interesting that they made um, the Sentinel of Liberty, as he is sometimes nicknamed, into a Nazi like two weeks after saying diversity is what's killing sales. Yeah, like yeah, uh, maybe. Putting Magneto on a cover hailing Hydra uh, is what's killing your sales. Like maybe putting a Holocaust survivor into on the side of Nazis is was is what's killing your sales. Yet, yeah, is it possible that Marvel has been like okay? This is not even me making up a crazy conspiracy theory. Like the people who are in charge of Marvel movies these days, a lot of them are like big time bankers and like Steve Nuchin, however you pronounce his name, the guy who's the head of the treasury now, um, it was the head producer on most of the Marvel movies. I guess what I'm saying is, is it possible that Marvel comics is becoming a Nazi organization? Well, yeah, Ike Perlmutter is there. I mean, it's complicated because Ike Perlmutter is an Israeli Jew and he's the president of Marvel, but also he was just named by, like, New York Times as one of the um, top 20 supporters in the last campaign for not the good guys. Um, and, like, he's the president of the company. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, I guess everyone start reading DC Comics, then. <laughs> yeah, maybe, except they still, like, hire and work with people who have been accused of, like, misbehavior uh, on maybe not the worst level, but, like, they probably shouldn't still be getting work at one of the big two publishers. So make mine image, I hope? Usually, because uh, <laughs> they're all cre- they're all creator-owned. You can just pick whatever teams you like. And here's a hot take. Stop reading comic books, because comic books are bad. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I mean, is that a hot take? <laughs> I feel like that's like what most people feel based on how sales have been going the past decade or so. I feel like for this feel- podcast, it is a hot take. <laughs> I feel like it's some bullshit, though, because it's one of those things where, like, nerds are cool, and I'm putting air quotes around that in our modern society, but anything that's actually nerdy is still really frowned upon. Like, oh man, it's so cool to watch superhero movies, but if you read the comics, you're still a nerd. Or like, oh, now it's cool to play Dungeons and Dragons, but if you LARP, that's still, like, too nerdy. Like, if nerds are cool, then why is it that, like, there are still douches policing what's too nerdy? 
I think yeah, it's and also that who has access to I the think nerd it's more stuff. That there's, in the lower levels of nerd things, there's still a lot of gatekeeping. So people who are like, yep. oh, I like the Marvel movies, maybe I do want to read some comics about these characters. And then when you dig into it, if you're unfamiliar with comics entirely, you're like, wow, this is way more you know, sexist and racist than I thought it would be. I guess I'm not interested. But the people involved who are so into it are fighting tooth and nail against more women and people of color like being involved because they hate now the louisa <laughs> hang on because the marvel movies are also very sexist and racist yeah true <laughs> <laughs> and like on top of that it's impossible to figure out what you're supposed to be reading because i believe it was 2015 saw two different uh, Squirrel Girl number one issues because they restarted it after like seven issues for no reason and like two different Howard the Duck number ones because they restarted it after like eight issues for no reason because number ones sell a lot but if you go and look at the sales data you could look at like Wolverine number 200 from like 2002 or whatever selling triple what like a number one rebooted Wolverine now is selling because people don't care if the numbers are high. Yeah, it's this weird thing where like comic book stores, the actual stores can still be a very hostile environment for people who want to actually buy comic books. Which is crazy, but, I mean, that's a fact. So then people are like, well, I can buy things online, I can read things online, but then a lot of creators I've seen will say, you know, it really hurts us unless you go and, you know, get them at stores. So it's kind of a thing where then that kind of turns people off from even bothering, I think. I wonder if it's something similar to the the Hollywood writer's strike a few years back, where it's like online stuff, the contracts weren't negotiated with the concept of online sales being such a big thing. Mm -hmm. And so like a lot of people were losing out on money for their own intellectual property. I wonder if it's similar where like, cause in every measurable way, uh, getting your comic books electronically is superior to getting them. Cause like comic books, I like reading comic books, but they are so bulky. They're just like, there's so much shit in there, and then you end up with all this paper, and, like, it's just bad. Co- having a lot of comic books seems like the worst thing to have around your house. And I'll I'm, say, I'm counting, I like, have... dead animals as well as part of that. <laughs> I have a lot of comic books. It's terrible. There's nowhere to put them, and it's hard to get rid of them, and I feel bad throwing away, like... It feels like throwing away books. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, so, like, if you can get them electronically, that's so much better, especially for, yeah. like, uh, a lot of places that you can buy it and then download it, and then if you delete it, you still can, like, re-download it from the page forever, so you don't even have to dedicate computer storage space to it. That's so much better. So, like, is the only reason that we aren't buying things electronically to support the people who own the local s- comic stores, I yep. guess? Well, because, I heard yeah, if, they they cost the same. They, it costs the same amount of money to buy it digitally as it does to buy it physically. But there's no overhead for the digital version. You guys might know more about this than I do, but I've heard that creators sometimes get like picked up on their series based on pre-orders, and yes. like the the major comic book companies will just totally ignore any type of internet pre-order stuff. Is what I've heard. Um. I think that they count digital sales just as much, but well, that's um, I don't 
I don't know if there is any way to pre-order a series digitally, right. is the thing. So um, so they should add that. Yeah, yeah that they would should, solve but... it. And as for supporting <laughs> your local comic book stores, I mean, I get it, but almost every comic book store I've gone into has been a hellscape, so... Yeah. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> That's something that I feel like there's a weird sense of entitlement for certain businesses... Like, we yep. don't really owe you customer service. Like, no, you do have to be clean and friendly and give basic customer service to attract the customer. Like, you can't just be like, yo, you owe it to us to shop here. Like, that's insane. Yeah, every time I go into a comic book store, there's always a certain amount of, like, a maze-like quality to the place where yeah. it, it, it's crowded with lots of racks of things and, like, you're... You walk in and you're suddenly face to face with the owner immediately as you walk in. It's like, ah, I don't want this. Yeah. Yeah, I um I like small businesses, um, but it's very difficult to justify supporting uh, for example, a comic book store when I could just rent comics from the library or buy them for uh forty percent cheaper on Amazon. <laughs> Yeah, I forgot. Jeff is our pro small business uh, person on this podcast. He's he's the Republican, uh, <laughs> as you know. I am the Democrat, and Louisa is a Libertarian. That's so. right. Uh, small loads, businesses I guess. are hold on. Think? <laughs> I I would be supporting big business if that was my role. <laughs> no, nominally Republicans support small business, and then they define small business as anything that makes less than five billion dollars a year. <laughs> All right, let's move on to our random Reddits. Yes. So, okay, Louisa will go last because she's got the one we're obviously going to do. <laughs> I thought it would yes, make you angry because it's a subject we would talk about too much. Uh, uh, I think it would be fun to talk about, though. I think we could make it fun. <laughs> I think yours sounds fun, but go ahead. Uh, so I got r slash orchids, which is the flower orchids. That's pretty cool. I feel, like, angry that I have to specify that, but so many times we've gotten ones that are, like, r slash eagles, and it's like, oh, man, we're gonna talk about some fucking raptors. No. Yeah. You get r slash raptors, and it's about the Toronto raptors. (laughs) Yeah, that's some horse shit right there. (laughs) I want to talk about birds of prey. Uh, Anyway, orchids are boring. Yeah, they're flowers. They're amazing. Vanilla is a type of orchid. Ooh, huh. That makes sense. Yes. I think that it's weird that they're... The Greek word orchid means testicles, you know that. <laughs> Jeff, it sounds like you're talking very quickly. What is happening uh, to I don't know. Internet is weird. He's stuck in a time yeah, cube. that's true. Yeah, oh man, you're like a weird condensed time. It's like talking to somebody in a different timeline. It's yeah, I exist out. three seconds in the Listen future. Listen to you is making my... Oh no, Jeff, your audio is getting so much worse. It's filling my ears with, like, I can't do anything to fix viruses. it at all. I can't understand you. No, oh, no. <laughs> what have I done? Oh, Jeff. <laughs> You're the typhoid Mary of podcasts. I don't know what that means. <laughs> you're You're filling my ears with typhoid virus. Yeah, but you yourself, Jeff, are not bothered at all, because no one sounds Yeah, like everyone you. sounds <laughs> so fine. Typhoid Mary. <laughs> I'm fine. I'm not sick. I'm not spreading typhoid. <laughs> Do you guys know the actual story of typhoid no, but it would Mary? Be... Yes, and how she refused to stop being a cook? That's it would insane. Be a good wrestler name. Yeah. And she kept... It wasn't even that she wouldn't 
like, yes, you wouldn't stop being a cook, but they even just were like, well, will you at least stop making your famous dish of, like, raw eggs and peaches? And she's like, no, I won't do that. So they had to sentence her to life on an island by herself. Oh, that sounds ideal. <laughs> that is a awesome. crazy story. That's Can I become awesome, Typhoid though. Jeff and go live on an island by myself? That just does sound eating raw good. eggs? It would have been... It would have been much worse in the 1800s when there wasn't anything to do on an island by yourself. Nowadays, it's not. There a wasn't anything at all. to do in towns or cities either. Uh, you could die of typhoid. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't that sound nice? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so my. Oh, but first you get to enjoy some eggs and peaches. Am I right? That's a nice summer treat. <laughs> yeah, it's nice and yeah. cool. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Delicious. Uh, so my okay, I'm yeah. closing orchids. And my Jeff, random you go. subreddit is r slash rep sneakers, which is a subreddit for replica sneakers, which I think is bootleg sneakers. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Oh, I was really hoping that they would be sneakers that were like tiny scale models of the Titanic that you wore on your feet, because that would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you go. I kind of like if they would be those salesman samples that they used to carry around in briefcases of tiny examples of things. So they oh, would be, that would be tiny cool sneakers. <laughs> like you can you can mail order one of these sneakers. <laughs> mm, I still like my idea better. Can you imagine <laughs> two spruce gooses strapped to your feet? <laughs> those would have to be roller skates, right? <laughs> oh my god! That would be Actually, so cool. I kind of like this subreddit. <laughs> it's not as good as Louisa's, but it's like some of the posts are like, "Hey, it's how a- fake do these uh, these sneakers look?" <laughs> I do like that the sidebar has a picture of an angry man angrily eating cereal and his eyebrows have drops of milk in them. I mean, like, what? the rest of his face also has milk Cut in up it, to the eyebrows, his eyebrows yeah. even. Yeah, it's a very enjoyable image. I don't understand it at all. No. He's also not wearing a shirt, which I do not approve of eating with a shirt on. Uh, I mean, he's very muscular, and if you're going to get that much milk on you, then you shouldn't wear a shirt. What a I sentence. Guess so. That's what they do with babies, right? Yeah. Yep. Okay, so we're not doing this one, but it is a very good picture. So everyone check out r slash rep sneakers. And my Reddit today is r slash unresolved mysteries. Oh, man. Which is ironic because we were talking about that earlier, and then it came up. It's mysterious, and of course, yep. it's just about like weird mysteries that have happened in the world that no one knows the answers to. It's kind of a bummer that the top like ten posts on he- on here are about murders. Yeah, that's most of the yeah. mysteries that are unresolved, right? I guess is that is that a reflection of the self-centeredness of humanity that like there's all the mysteries of nature but the thing we're most concerned about is people killing other people. Yeah, I feel like because it's entirely within the human realm, we feel like we should be able to know about it, but we the don't. The thing about an unsolved mystery is somebody know like an unsolved murder is somebody knows. Mm-hmm. That's true, unless yeah. they unless they are also dead, unless it was a murder suicide. Mm. But a very creative suicide, where they got, like, sucked up a chimney afterwards or whatever. <laughs> they put themselves into the oven and then turned it to self-clean. <laughs> yes! Good idea. Um, I, 
Was that was that a Sherlock Holmes thing where there was a gun that was like on a yeah a, a chain a bungee cord or something? No, she tied she killed herself on a bridge. She tied the gun to a rock hanging over the side of the bridge. So when they found her, there was her body shot in the middle of this very long bridge. No sign of anything anywhere. But Sherlock Holmes found that there was a chip out of the edge of the bridge, uh, like uh, handhold. Oh, that's pretty clever. Although, yeah. like. Couldn't you just, like, lean over the railing? <laughs> I mean, like, do you need to have the rock? So I guess yeah. so it'll sink. Yeah, well, she wanted it to look like she'd been murdered, because I think she, it was an unrequited love, and she wanted the man to be blamed for her murder. So yeah, if she but... was hanging over the side, it would look like maybe she Oh, I see. It would have been less Sherlock Holmes necessary to solve the case type of mystery. Yeah. That's... Hmm. That, did you guys see... I think it was like a... Swedish show called The Bridge. I think it's been remade in a couple other countries, and it's like a a murder mystery, but the person was killed at, like, on the border between two countries with half of their body in each country. Hmm. Uh, and so... Ah, but where do they bury the survivors? Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah, you Guys, got it. Oh, boy. You got it, man. That's, a, that's an unsolved mystery. <laughs> yeah. The unsolved mystery is who invented that that joke. Is that a joke? It's yeah. not even really a joke. It's like a, it's like an uncle yeah. story. <laughs> it's not even a riddle. It's just a thing that your uncle says when he doesn't know how to relate to you because you're a child and he doesn't. Brain teasers. Those are called <laughs> brain <that's> teasers. <laughs> there we go. I uh, like that. So I was gonna read the sidebar but... of this, but there is no sidebar. Oh, yes. It literally just oh, says it's a mystery. <laughs> a guys. subreddit dedicated to the world's unresolved mysteries, and then mm. the top looks like a slightly crumpled Manila paper, and then it says unresolved mysteries, and then it has a red thumbprint, but there is a question mark in the middle. I do like that font for unresolved mysteries. It's like a cool, yeah, like type typewritery mm. font. Yeah, that's pretty. Good. Um, the top one of all time is that a redditor helped ID a Jane Doe from a 1975 cold case because of this subreddit. How? Uh, I guess we'd have to read it to find out. It's kind of dense and it's hard to figure out um, it's hard to figure out what what it is, but apparently it was like a tentative but overwhelmingly likely match from uh, dental records, uh, and they're currently in the process of exhuming the body for DNA testing. Mm. You know what always depresses me about stories like that? I haven't read that one. Like, maybe that is, like, really amazing. But there are so many unsolved cases like that where when somebody looks into it, it turns out, like, oh, this person got killed in 1968, and it was, like, ten huge file cases of uh, uh, evidence someone had to go through. And no one ever did, because they never figured out who she was. So uh, that just never happened. So then the person's able to, quote-unquote, solve it. But it's sad that it was just because no one ever really cared to solve it before. There's a lot of cases yeah. like that, and it's depressing. You know what's equally a bummer to me is when... Um, somebody like disappears or whatever, and then there's a long time where people are looking for them, and like the police or no, sorry, I have it backwards. What I should have said is, uh, when the police like find a body, and then they they post like we don't know who this person is, and they're like looking around for it, and they put notifications up everywhere, and then at the same time, there's someone in the town who is missing somebody, but they don't ever like connect the dots there. Yeah, yeah, there's a you lot. You know, of that. like. <laughs> Like, if this person went missing in their town and then a body turned up there, like, you should 
think I know you don't want to think that that's that guy, but you should yeah. at least check. Yeah, that's what's tough when it's like a parent who doesn't want to believe it's their child. I can kind of understand that, but shouldn't there be someone else involved who's like, wait, this probably is this child? Yeah, like, don't you go to your neighbors like, oh my god, our child is missing, and then your neighbors are like, well, you did see on the news last night that there was a dead child that was found, right? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And then, like, (laughs) you... you you should go to there. Yeah. You want unresolved mysteries to be, like, exciting and dramatic, but they aren't so much of the time. Like, a lot of stories kind of end with, well, we never found her body, but we're pretty sure she got killed, and we did find some bones in the woods five miles away a few years later, and we think that might be her, but there was no DNA evidence. It's it like, might have ugh. been a muskrat. <laughs> yeah, it's like, that's so unsatisfying. And it probably was her, but who knows? So- Nobody knows. Do you guys, I, I read this um, top post, and do you guys want a brief summary of how this was solved? Sure. Is it going to be in any way funny? Like, even slightly? That's all I want to know. Or interesting. It'll be interesting, interesting, but it probably won't be funny. Uh, the, you guys know that this is a comedy <laughs> podcast, right? Then why like, do we talk about yeah. Marvel this and Nazis for this so This is an long. internet culture podcast <laughs> that is made by people who are funny. Yes. Are we? Um, that's the thing that I'm not sure of. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I want to hear this story, but I wanted to make okay, sure. Okay, I'll yeah, make it short. Summarize it really uh, good. So this Reddit user named Call Me Ice uh, just got curious about a cemetery listing for a Jane Doe, posted a thread on here, it got reposted to WebSleuth, where a forensic artist did a facial reconstruction based on the autopsy uh, photo of the skull, and then he noticed a listing on a website called Name Us that has missing people uh, that looked like the face he reconstructed, and then they did a dental test with that person and the skull, and it turns out to have been a match, and now they're in the process of exhuming uh, the Jane Doe to make sure that it's this person. Oh, wow, that is pretty, yeah. pretty cool. Like, that's like a full, like, real satisfying mystery story kind yeah. of story. It's, I think, because it's a 17-year-old that disappeared in 1974 before we knew anything about anything. When people were so caveman, yeah. <laughs> yep, spotting dinos. <laughs> There's a dinosaur that did it, probably. Like, it's very likely. Well, that that was the leading cause of death in the 70s. Um... This is why, though, I don't really get people who get super into real mystery stories, like um, like real crime dramas and stuff like that, because the odds of it ending up with a satisfying ending are so low, whereas yeah. if you read fictional mysteries, it has to have a satisfying ending. <laughs> it always yeah, does. <laughs> yeah. So just do yeah. that. Like, and, and if you're like, yeah, but that didn't happen. Like, you don't have any evidence that the other one happened either. It could just be Aaron Menke's <laughs> bullshit podcast oh. again. <laughs> well, I kind of get that, like, like I said, when it's just a matter of, like, no one really went through the evidence ever. Like, I kind of get wanting to do that because you, as a regular person, if you're able to get access to these things, you can actually make a difference. So I can see that a little bit, although it's not really satisfying. Do- uh, yeah, uh, do, you, 
it's really more of a thing for like people who have a very small amount of some kind of like mental disorder and then want to use it for good. I thought you were going to say compassion. <laughs> yeah, that's a mental disorder. Do you, do you guys have a um do you guys have no compassion? a favorite no. a favorite uh like unresolved crime? Cuz I was just I, really I was like- just D.B. Yeah. Cooper. We've talked about D.B. Cooper I was just before. reading on here that the FBI yeah. closed the K- the D.B. Cooper case officially nine months ago because there's no leads. <laughs> yep, they said officially he was an alien. <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, I've rap. mentioned on the podcast before the, I'm going to say it wrong because it's Russian, but Detalov Pass yeah. incident. Yes. That's a good one. It's I still want to do. It's pronounced. Diet I still want to do a creepy okay. about that, but I'm I'm but crossing my fingers that I can convince Graham Clark to be on it. <laughs> uh, yeah, Matt, do you have a, really a favorite enjoyed? unsolved crime? I don't really like this kind of thing that much, to be completely mm. honest. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of weird stuff. Like, I think the Black Dahlia murder is really gruesome yeah. and horrible, uh, yeah. which is a kind of interest. Yeah, I for, <laughs> yeah. for like, 1945, for something to be that vicious and, like, gruesome, and them to never figure out who it was is really crazy to me. Did you guys watch uh, the first season of American no. Horror Story? No. Oh. Uh, they they tie in the Black Dahlia murder, which I felt was a little bit, like, weird and maybe un- insensitive, because, like, already that series is about mostly real murders that actually happen to real human beings. But then to, like, not even cloak it in one layer <laughs> of fictionalization, just like, <laughs> this is that person. This that ghost is this person Isn't like, here. Yeah, I think your great. like first murder case in LA Noir is the Black Dahlia murder. Like you go and explore that crime scene in the Grand Theft Auto engine. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about that. I feel like if you if you build it as like an edutainment game and all of the murders were real murders mm. and it was like explore the crime scene in in virtual reality and like you know, try to learn about what it means to be a crime scene investigator. I think that would be really cool. But if it's like, you know, a f- this is a real murder that happened, and then after this, you have to go kill some goombas or whatever. Like, fucking, well, it's 1945 Los Angeles, so the goombas are actually just Italian mobsters. <laughs> yeah, and you have to kill them. I feel like I made myself pretty clear. <laughs> Uh, I really like uh, the Zodiac Killer because it seems crazy that they never caught him. Jeff, I really yeah. think you want to rephrase that sentence before you say it out loud on a uh, Okay, I really like the uh, unsolved case of the Zodiac Killer, which makes it sound like an Are You Thank Afraid you. of the Dark episode, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. I like that better. Also, um, uh, we did solve that because it was terrible. Oh, yeah, that's right. My bad. It was... Um, Zodiac Chillers, remember that? <laughs> yes. Who's that? It's almost I, I still need to oh, see the man. movie Zodiac, because I can never remember the Jeff, actor's name. Jeff. Jake Gyllenhaal? Jeff no, the actor who plays the Zodiac Killer in the movie, he played Drew Carey's... Mark He played Ruffalo? Drew Carey's brother on the... John Leguizamo? No, he played Drew Carey's brother on the Drew Carey show. Oh, yeah, that guy. He was in Heroes, too. He had that mind control. Oh, yeah. Power. 
uh he's like Tyler. a famous actor who's in a lot of stuff and i can never remember his name <laughs> Yeah, oh, I know who you're recently. talking about. I don't remember what. I saw him in The Invitation, hmm. which was a really good movie. He's a really not very good actor, oh, I... though. <laughs> I mean, not to throw shade, but every time I see him, I'm like, oh, here's another sort of boring guy. I find him guy. compelling because he's a boring, dumpy guy, but he always delivers, like, a solid performance in a drama, which is weird because he's, like, started his career in a sitcom. Yeah, Heroes was pretty <laughs> No! <funny>. Damn it. <laughs> Greg Grunberg was pretty funny. He's also in L.A. Noir. I think that he's a murderer in it, but I solved that case badly. Spoilers. <laughs> Wait a minute, there's no way he's a murderer unless he's a murderous cop, because he always He's the only cop. famous actor in it besides the main character who's a guy from Mad Men. <laughs> yeah, that guy's Wait, great. Wait, who is this person? Guy. Who is this He's person the we're psychic about? cop Greg from Grunberg. Heroes, and he played an X-wing fighter in Star Wars Seven. Oh, that's who I thought we were talking oh, about. Oh no, because you said the guy with mind control powers, and he definitely <laughs> uh, was. Every other person on Heroes had mind Heroes. control powers. Is <laughs> yeah, the problem. I should have been more specific. The guy who could puppet master people. Oh, that guy. Bali. He's yeah. He's scary. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what a thing. So, yep. I think that uns- unresolved mysteries are, like, I don't like them in general, because I like, like, uh, I listen to the podcast My Favorite Murder a lot, and sometimes they'll do a murder that doesn't have an answer, and I'm like, no, I need to know who did the murder! Ah! <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you guys think that there is a gender to being interested in, like, real crime dramas, because I find that I am kind of bored by them, but almost everyone I know who's interested in them is yeah, a woman. It definitely, yeah, I think definitely it definitely is. skews towards women. I think um, it might be because... It's a fascination, I think, with trying to understand why these things happen, because they happen to women disproportionately, especially yeah. murders. And, yeah. like, an idea that there can be some closure to it. It could also be a... Like, you could understand it, and it could be over. It could also be another um, sympathy of... uh, No. Symptom of... Do they call it the empathy gap? Where, in general, women are socialized with more empathy than men? I suppose, but isn't it... um... I mean, are you saying that they're empathizing with the victims more? Because the the other weird thing is that a lot of my friends who are very into real crime aren't as interested in the victims <laughs> as they are in the murderers. Uh, which I, which is fair because murderers are more interesting. Well, but even like, trying to empathize also, with a murder, I guess. But then murderers are disproportionately yeah. male. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it's, the whole thing is just trying to understand. I think. Yeah, I guess it's more of like, maybe it's like women are better at empathizing, and so they want that extra challenge level, like they want to go through on <laughs> expert mode. No, I think it's more present in their mind that this is something that could happen to them in the world, so why? Like, why could this happen? And even if you, you're not really going to get any answers, because it's a whole society thing, but you want to have answers, so you look into it more. Yeah, I do also mm. think that the fact that women are disproportionately victims of uh, the types of violence that gets covered in this media is a big factor in it, though I do not know why that would make women more interested in knowing about the cases, necessarily. 
Do you think that it owes anything to the fact that there are so many stories about plucky young women solving murders? Oh, like, do, do you think do you think that young girls read Agatha Christie stories and they're like, I want to be that uh, that hero. I want to be Nancy I mean, Drew. Chi- <laughs> yeah, she Chicken or the Egg is is <laughs> yeah. it's like well were those stories written because women liked reading about crime or were they uh like the cause of women wanting to know about crime yeah i suppose i suppose so although i think maybe part of it is that there was a time period where like it wasn't acceptable for a woman to be a police officer but it was acceptable for a woman to somehow solve murders (laughs) Yeah, and it's also uh, they say the more buttoned-up society is, the more lurid uh, things that are mm, considered acceptable to read are. Like Victorian society brought out a lot of monsters and vampire stuff, and like weird zombie stories, things like that, which were okay to read for mm. women. So it's yeah. like a, a weird like uh, inversion of. See, but I don't feel like women are disproportionately interested in uh, zombies. Or like, I think they are. If you look, if you look at the types of stories, that vampire stories, things like Frankenstein, I think women are. Yeah. Do you think women would be interested in vampires if the Twilight book? Uh, Yes, because Anne Rice. I guess so, and um, the Sookie Stackhouse things. Yeah, but even going back to Bram Stoker, yeah, Dracula is definitely uh, would be classified as chick lit if it came out today. Not that I necessarily yeah. think that, that it, that's a useful it's, term. It's a flavorless chewing experience. <laughs> yes. Yeah. In one word, chiclet. That's what I meant. <laughs> oh my god! I really want to have an edition of Bram Stoker's Dracula come out with a quote from me on the back that says "a flavorless chewing experience." <laughs> uh, isn't it in the public domain but by I think now? What a lot I think of you people... can make that happen. <laughs> <laughs> I think what a lot of people don't think about when they talk about Dracula. When I say people, I mean men. <laughs> is that Dracula is a uh, woman's fantasy in that he's this, like, super powerful monster, but he falls absolutely in love with this woman, and he's, like, at her mercy. Like, she has all the power in their Mm. relationship. Is that true in the book? Because I think he just kind of, like, brain-wipes her. Mm. He definitely is, like, And then Van Helsing has to come save her. I don't think that's true. I've never read that book. I it's read a it long a long me. time ago, but I'm pretty sure that she gets like brainwashed by by Dracula, and then uh, well, that's fine uh, because Har- especially Parker at the time, Parker gets killed trying to save her, mm-hmm. and then uh, um, Van Helsing has to come get her out. Well, that also is colored by the fact that during the Victorian era, she couldn't do what she wanted to societally. So, like yeah. to give in to her desires, she would have to be brainwashed because otherwise, she would be a bad person. Oh, yeah. So, like, the way it's written had to involve that, you know what I mean? Uh, Like when Star Trek did that interracial kiss beforehand, there was a scene of Uhura and Kirk being like, but we're being mind-controlled, so we don't actually want to do this. (laughs) Right, and then as they were doing the kiss, they were holding up a sign that said, seriously, we're not doing this (laughs) We're not into it, we don't like it. it. (laughs) <laughs> it crept up slowly from the bottom of the frame as they were kissing. Uh. 
I would watch 45 minutes of uh, of Captain Kirk and Uhura kissing. There, I said it. <laughs> yeah. I yeah, would. but they had to go and make it Spock and Uhura as the ones who kiss. I mean, I'm okay with that, too, I guess. It's fine, yeah. whatever. It, it's not often that you see a gay man kissing a woman in a movie. <laughs> yeah. Wait, isn't it? Hold on. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that happens every movie. Remember when Rock Hudson didn't have a career? <laughs> Remember that? <laughs> oh, man. Did you guys, have you guys watched the new Mystery Science Just Theater at all? Just one episode. Yes, but not that one. I know what you're saying, but no. There's one that's a Rock Hudson movie where he's uh, supposed to be, like, the super ball-busting owner of a ski resort, and it's really funny. <laughs> I'm surprised that wasn't anyone's thing online. I guess it kind of came out uh, at a weird gap time, because we didn't record last yeah. Sunday. I thought for sure... I thought for sure Louisa was going to talk about it, but she didn't. I still feel like when I don't, when media's available all at once in a big chunk, and I don't consume all of it all at once, then I feel like I can't talk about it until I've consumed mm. it all. Well, Mystery Science Theater is hard to to consume yeah. all of. I just haven't had the time. I mean, I've watched it every chance I get, but I still think I'm only about eight episodes in. Yeah, I. So far, my favorite part is Joel Hodgson and Elliot Kalen being those weird space perverts. <laughs> yeah, that was. Pretty I watched. Good. Did you watch? No, I was oh, going to say I watched yeah. one episode and I was like, yeah, this is exactly how I remember it. But I don't know if I'm going to watch more. I think I'm just kind of like, I'm not, it's not to my tastes anymore. Jeff, please, if you're going to give it another try, skip to the episode called The Beast of Hollow Mountain because it is so good. <laughs> it's my favorite one by a huge margin. I think it's better than a lot of the episodes from the old series. I mean, to be honest. Have you watched that one yet, Louisa? No. I really like Star Crash, which is the most recent one I've seen. Uh, Star Crash is such a bad movie, though. Like, <laughs> But it's great! Why does oh, that guy have man. powers? It's never explained. Why does that robot have a southern accent? <laughs> man, hearing about this context-free is delightful. <laughs> <laughs> The fact that, is that really David Hasselhoff in it, or just yes. someone who looks a lot like David? Okay. The fact that David Hasselhoff isn't, uh, like, doesn't do anything in the movie. He doesn't yeah. accomplish anything at all. He was a nobody. Oh, this was before he was I famous? It's not that. like a German movie yeah. that hired him because they love that guy? No, I understand that this. Movie. I understand that this was before he was famous, but he was nominally, like, the main, the he was the Princess Leia of that movie. He right. should have accomplished something. Well, he sword fought that one guy at one point. Didn't he fail, though? And then yeah. the guy with superpowers had to see him? Yes. <laughs> I love that the guy with superpowers doesn't have any other character traits. <laughs> He's the navigator. Yeah, but, like, in Star Wars, which it's clearly a ripoff of, like, Luke Skywalker is the main character <laughs> and has things going yeah, on. Yeah, but this guy's the Chewy of the <laughs> yes! analogy. It's like if Chewbacca had superpowers, which is yeah. awesome. Yeah, exactly. Weird. Chewbacca is is living 200 years of superpower? Um, I mean... I guess, but it's not a very interesting one mm. on film. Yeah, I guess uh, because that's what all Wookiees do. He's not a super Wookiee. He's just a regular Wookiee. Also, not to get not to make this episode entirely about Star Crash, but do they <laughs> at any point explain that he has superpowers before he starts using his superpowers? No. Because I think I missed that. Okay. I looked it up on Wikipedia. <laughs> it says <laughs> this was never mentioned. Deleted scene. <laughs> yeah, because like 
he gets killed by that other guy, and then he comes back to life and starts using superpowers, and I'm like, wait, did I miss a part where he's not, like, a human being or something? Yeah. Like, is he a robot, and I just didn't get it? <laughs> it's a great movie. It's, I guess it is. <laughs> yes, you're right. Uh, do you guys have a bad movie that you will watch without any sort of riff uh, overlay? That you just, like, enjoy? Yes, my, my entire Blu-ray collection. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot. You really like watching bad superhero movies for some That's reason. True. Also, I've seen The One at least 150 times. <laughs> <laughs> I, al- I also forgot about that one, that your favorite movie is a B-grade Jet Li action movie. <laughs> it's not just a B-grade Jet Li action movie, it's a blatant Matrix ripoff B-grade Jet Li action movie. Oh, yeah, because he's called The One. <laughs> yes, it's... <laughs> the greatest thing. It makes me so happy every time. Especially because Jet Li is an amazing actor and an amazing kung fu guy, but he Martial has artist some... is what that's, that's called. That's the one? That's what I was trying to get to. Um, <laughs> however, he is not the greatest speaker of English, which is fine, but it leads to some very excellent delivery of lines <laughs> when he is both the hero and the villain of your movie. <laughs> I always found that um, fun with, um, less with Jet Li, because he had, like, a serious public persona and was only in, like, serious movies. Mm-hmm. As serious as you can consider the one to be. But, very, um... very serious. <laughs> it started Jason Statham's career, thank oh, you true. very much. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, like, at the end of every episode of Jackie Chan Adventures, where Jackie Chan did not voice the cartoon version of himself, um, real Jackie Chan would come out and deliver a an educational message for children that was very <laughs> clearly unscripted, and it was always purely incomprehensible, because he's a stunt actor. He's not an educational, like, speaker... However, I will say that at least he's a very cool dude. Yeah, that's cool. I'm glad that, like, Jet Li is a good person still, and always was, and so, like, because I feel like that is the thing that happens so often when uh, a real celebrity does messages for children, because then, like, 20 years later you find out that that celebrity actually murders and eats children and then those messages become <laughs> ironic and tragic yeah and i'm glad that that won't happen for Je- for a jackie chan yeah like when we found out that sonic the hedgehog did all those murders it made those sonic says segments really tragic i mean i wouldn't be surprised <laughs> yeah i think i mentioned this on the podcast before but i remember at the end of i think it was gi joe because in the 80s every cartoon had a little 30 second message at the end yep. on doing something, some kind of I shit. I think that was like a Nancy Reagan mandate or something yeah. like that. But this was, and I will always remember it, this was not to eat pencil erasers. <laughs> <laughs> like, the, that's all bad for you? It. Like, don't chew on them and then swallow the eraser? I think <laughs> in that case, knowing is all the battle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you know to also, not do it, you've done the battle. <laughs> also, is that really that big of a deal? I know. Like, <laughs> Somebody had to animate all this. Him talking to some dumb kid who's like, what? My pencil eraser? 
Animate is a strong word choice for what that show looked like. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, I'm saying right here, right now, that I bet I could swallow a pencil eraser right now and nothing bad would happen to me. Yeah. Alright, let's let's get together and we'll do, like, the Cool Hand Luke egg contest, but with pencil erasers. <laughs> I didn't say I could swallow 50 pencil erasers. <laughs> I will swallow 100 pencils whole, what eraser at all. scented? Does that sweeten the pot Oh for my you? god. Is that what it was? Maybe that that's it, because that was around the same time yeah. that, like, smelling good erasers were popular, too. Yep. And I definitely remember licking a flavored marker once when I was a kid, <laughs> and then learning my lesson. Oh, good times. So, no, I want to hear more about movies that we like, even though they're absolutely terrible. I really like to watch the movie Teen Witch, which is a very bad movie. And I like that genre of really not very good teen, like, romance that doesn't have much of anything and you don't even care about the romance and there's no real conflict I kind of like that genre of movie I I when I was in college I was obsessed with the movie Josie and the Pussycats on several levels one because I had a crush on Rachel E. Cook but yeah. two because it's so weird because it's a it's a movie that is about how you shouldn't sell out to corporations <laughs> but it's so sold out to corporations like, and it's done in the movie as a joke of, like, look how much McDonald's branding is on this thing. But it really is McDonald's, and they really did pay to put that in your movie. So on a meta level, you're it's like the ultimate do-as-I-say-not-as-I-do of a movie. It's, it's amazing! It's exactly the Uhura Kurt kiss, where it's like, oh, we're just joking, but we're doing it on screen mm. also. Yes! It's so crazy! <laughs> oh, maybe it's a great movie, and it shouldn't be on your list. Uh, it's absolutely a great movie, but it also you should definitely have put it on be list. on my list. Because the it's soundtrack, a terrible movie. The soundtrack is genuinely good, though. It really is! That's the other thing, because once I found out that Letters to Cleo did all the music, and that Letters to Cleo is an amazingly good band, I was like, oh, well, I guess I don't have to feel as ashamed of liking this movie as I used to. Yeah, every episode of Riverdale that goes by that the Josie and the Pussycats on that show don't play three small words makes my heart break. That's not even the best song, though, Jeff. The best yeah, song... but that's like the signature song. Yeah, I guess so, that's fair. Besides the theme song. Yes. No, I mean, the theme song's barely in the movie, honestly. And it's just a cover of the bad 1960s song. So, Jeff, what is your terrible movie that you like, even though you know it's bad? Here's the thing. I asked because I don't really like bad movies. Oh, yeah, I forgot Jeff only likes good things. Sure. Well, like, (laughs) I don't like things that I think are bad. Uh-huh. If I like it, it's because I think it's good. But there are definitely movies that I like way more than anyone else I've ever met in my life. Um, like, uh, well, I have Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol, um, one of my favorite movies, uh, which I think is genuinely good, but no one else in the world cares about it except for me, so maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> I'm gonna make a statement now that I don't know that anyone will ever agree with, but I don't think Tom Cruise can carry a movie. <laughs> <laughs> I find him incredibly charming, even though, like, he's always just playing himself in every movie. Uh, and also, he's a very bad person in real life. Yeah, he's a bad person in real life, and I just don't find him to be... 
I find her to be the kind of charming that, like, a used car salesman is, where you know that he's a bag of shit, and so, like, you're charmed by him, and then that makes you hate him even more. Oh, you know what movie sucks that I love? Troy. Oh, that is good. In oh, a way I need to that watch that uh, The director's yeah. cut adds about half an hour of nudity and violence and fix... Oh my it god. Fix, <laughs> it's yeah. already uh-huh. very long. Uh, it's tr- the director's cut is 26 minutes longer and color corrects and fixes the soundtrack and all of the added time is exclusively more action scenes and boobs. Um, but that movie is a <laughs> lot of fun. I remember being excited... I remember being excited to see that movie when it came out, too. Mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be good. I like yeah. Brad Pitt, and I we like We saw it in Eric theaters. Bana. You and me saw it, Matt. The only yeah. accurate part of the adaptation is the move that Achilles to kill bad guys is almost, like, exactly how it's described in uh, the Iliad. And everything else, they're like, blah, throw this away. We'll make it up. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, because I found, when I read the Iliad, I found Paris to be a, a whiny femme jerk, and I also feel that way about Orlando Bloom, so I kind of oh, think that I that love that they good. clearly set it up to have spinoffs, because when they go to recruit Odysseus, it's like a slow reveal to like, oh, it's Sean Bean, yeah, and that they never yeah. made that movie. <laughs> Uh, I would watch the fuck out of a Sean Bean, uh, The Odyssey, whether it was the original or the James Joyce novel. They even put Aegeus in the movie Troy, and of course they're not going to make a movie out of the Aegean, that is a nonsense story, but like, they did, they went, they did their due diligence to make sure, like, alright, this is going to be a franchise, and then no one cared about Troy. I like that when they reveal the founder of Rome escaping from Troy, it's like it's like a slow wink to the camera. Yeah. They're like, oh, this guy has to get out of the city. We don't know why, but he definitely does. <laughs> wink! And it's like, who is this for? It's for you! Like, I guarantee you that for 99% of the people watching this movie have, do not know that there was a weird like Emperor Caesar made a play to try to trace his lineage back to, to ancient Troy by adding a character that was his ancestor into the Aeneid like that is a crazy thing to expect people to know and it, to expect people to know, to know it enough to add a scene about it into your very expensive movie and then not cut it that's crazy <laughs> why did that get in the movie uh, oh, Peter O'Toole is in that movie, too. Of course, he's I, like the I fucking just remembered. star. He's great. Yeah, he is the best yeah. part. Oh, man. He still has those, like, blue, blue eyes and that soft oh, affect, the same as he did in, like, the 40s. He's, so he's, like, scary and sad at the same time in that movie. Those blue eyes really pierce through your soul. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, a good movie. Jeff, whatever. you're wrong. <laughs> oh, whoops. <laughs> whatever happened but to it's Eric like... Bana? Remember when we all loved Eric Bana? Yeah, I, yeah, you know what? sure. Like his Hulk movie wasn't even that bad. It was not great, but it wasn't terrible. That's your. I mean, he wasn't the problem DVD. with it. Yeah, if you, <laughs> this movie if, isn't even that bad, you guys. Yeah, listen. <laughs> if you took Nick Nolte out of that movie and those giant mutated dogs, it would be a pretty good movie, I think. <laughs> oh, did you know his actual last name is Banadinovich? Oh, did he change it because he didn't want people to know that he was hard to pronounce? 
<laughs> yeah, he didn't want anyone to know that he's a bad guy from a 70s James Bond movie. <laughs> Is he Russian? No, he's Australian. Well, I mean, maybe he's Russian. I mean, he's Canadian. Russian somewhere in there, right? Is that racist that I think if your last name ends with Vich, you're from His the... dad was Croatian, it's fine. From the Ural Mountains. Is that where they make all the urine? <laughs> wow. <laughs> I don't feel bad about what I said anymore. <laughs> oh man, he's playing Uther Pendragon in the King Arthur movie that comes out this year. His career is back! Hold on, there's a King Arthur movie coming out this year? Yeah, it's a Guy Ritchie movie oh, starring... No. <laughs> it's gonna be day? awesomely bad. No, it's set in times. Oh, in King Arthur times. Oh man, I would watch a modern day King Arthur movie, actually. Hey, do you guys remember Didn't they that... make a TV show? Do you guys remember that cartoon show from when we were kids about the, the people from modern day who traveled back in time to become the knights of King Arthur's round table? No. Mm, a kid in King Arthur's court is what you're No, about? no, no. It was a cartoon <laughs> show, and I, I remember it was like eight high school kids <laughs> fell through a time portal... I swear this is a real thing. And was they it had a cartoon? like Yes, it was. And it had they had like symbols on their shields that they could touch to get magic powers and one guy's was oh, a Oh, Captain Planet. No. <laughs> Louisa. <laughs> All right. Well, was it after... the Dungeons and Dragons like rip No. <laughs> Louisa. Was it the one where everybody fell into the video game and they couldn't get out? Oh, was it the Captain one that, Was it the one that wasn't any of the things you've said so far? <laughs> well, no, fuck you. Also, all those also, had also sword you. and sorcery bullshit in them because they couldn't think of anything better. Yeah, but listen, I'm <laughs> listing off very specific elements that were in this show that clearly weren't in any of the things you said. Were there gummy bears in? It. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> I'm so excited okay, to see this Charlie Hunnam as King Arthur. Who's who's King Arthur? Charlie Hunnam, the lead guy from Pacific Rim and Sons of Anarchy. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> did he, he finally, wants to make... Did he finally remember that he's actually British and not uh, doing a terrible American accent as his permanent life? Guy Ritchie wants to make this a six-film series. Yeah, I bet he does. <laughs> Charlie Hunnam is only ten years younger than the actor playing his father in this movie. What is going on? Well, I need to see this movie immediately. It was the Middle Ages. I mean, <laughs> there wasn't anything that said there wasn't anything in the rule books that said that a ten-year-old boy couldn't get a girl pregnant. <laughs> oh God. Uh, okay, so if you like this episode. Please rate and review us on iTunes and tell your friends about it. Uh, we very much appreciate people recommending us to their friends. Um, and I'm going to try to pull up a list of people who talked about us on Twitter uh, as other people are talking. But if you want to talk about us on Twitter, you can uh, tweet at us. We're at Seeing Reddit. Or you can email us, seeingreddit at gmail.com. Uh, and if you want to get in touch with me, I'm on Twitter at KamikazePilot. I'm on Twitter at J3FK. You can go to weaponizedlanguage.com and download all the podcasts. Please do that. Uh, rate and review on iTunes all the podcasts, too. Um, and go to patreon.com slash JeffJK and give me money, please. I need it. Um, and uh, oh, Snapchat and Instagram, JeffJK. That's it. All right. I'm Louisa, and you can find me on Twitter at Heronbird. Guys, am I very bad at Twitter? How do I find the mentions of us? Are you I on the find... account? Yes. Oh, no, I'm not. I'm just looking it up. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, there's your problem. <laughs> well, 
that's stupid. I should be able to find a list of people who mentioned this account. Fuck it. I fucking hate... Fuck everything. Uh, nobody. Fine. Oh, we got, uh... T. Alex, Ty underscore Casey Jones, said he was crying laughing five days ago. Oh, oh great. Nice. Was it related to us at all, or...? <laughs> oh, yeah, he tweeted at us to say he was crying laughing. Well, but I, I'm wondering if his crying <laughs> laughter was because he was doing something else, and he just wanted to be like, hey, this thing is funnier than you guys. I'm crying because I'm sad, but I'm laughing because I'm listening to your show. Yay! Oh, well, that's that's better. But, that that's would be the best. No, I made that it. up. That was fictional. <laughs> well, uh, God damn it, Jack. <laughs> Ryan S. Ryan S. tweets at us a bunch of to be like, this is good. That's the giant be with you, letter you. That's it. No one tweets at us. Okay, well, those are nice, and so thank you to those guys. We we absolutely love that you guys like the show and are tweeting about it. Keep it up, and we will mention... I think we should mention every week from now on everyone who tweeted about us. Oh, Gareth wants us to record midweek when we're all delirious more often. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, I guess so. I'm pretty delirious from building a bed. So, I'm gonna go back to uh, building that bed. I'm delirious... <laughs> Okay, well, uh, okay, bye. we're all delirious, but uh, we're serious about you Yay. keeping your pockets on Shrek. Don't read those comments. listen to this podcast anymore <laughs> anymore they never did before well i mean we had people emailing and tweeting at us at one point but that kind of fell off yeah oh well <laughs> i think Tom the numbers are still talk about it <laughs> oh that's good i think the numbers still slowly go up really yeah huh. let me let me look real quick i'm here already at it uh, our last episode, Drum Corps, has 127 unique downloads. What? A hundred people listen to this? Yeah. That sounds improbable. I was yeah. thinking that we should stop doing it because it's bad and no one likes it, but <laughs> I guess we can keep going. Uh, the Pokemon show got 48 unique downloads, and that's about a popular <laughs> subject. But it's also the most non-necessary podcast in the history of time. Listen, no podcasts are necessary. Yeah, none of them matter. It's true, but le- somehow the Pokemon one matters less than all of the other ones. That's I just because like- you hate Pokemon. Yeah, I like Creepy Podsta. I've listened to a-, a few episodes. I haven't listened to all of them, but I like it. I think it's a good endeavor, and I think that you should be very proud of what you've done, Jeff. Oh, thank you. I think that... I think that the Pokemon one is garbage. <laughs> we should stop doing it. Uh, yeah, I'm thinking because if it hasn't caught on after 151 episodes, that we should probably just stop doing it. <laughs> yes, uh, you should. But, uh, you can't stop in the middle, though. That's the fucking saddest. Yeah, we have to get to 151. Podcast.
that someone yep. stopped making like five years ago and they'd only done like 40 episodes, <laughs> that would be the worst thing. Can, can you make episode 152 just be the three of you doing the entire poke rap, please? <laughs> we'll have to do the updated 820 Pokemon poke rap that I assume exists by now. Does it? That would be cool, but, like, who would do that? Like, who would have the the motivation to to actually put that all together? I think the last time I checked the, um, the, that band, the Presidents of the United States of America, did a song about Pokemon peaches. for, like, black and white that had all the Pokemon names in it. Millions of peaches. Millions of Pokemon. Man, that <laughs> used to be a good band. What happened? Uh, it's a pretty good song, but it is about Pokemon, and they say the names of Pokemon in it, so that's, uh, weird. How is it a good song, then? Like, what metric are you using for good? 